everyone. Welcome back to Inspire Babes Let's Chat Podcast. And I have my beautiful friend with me today, Kenzie Rose, and I am so excited to have you. Mm, girl, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And you know, I, I'm so um, excited because I don't even know how we connected on social media, but we just did. I was so drawn to your work and just what you're up to in the world and you know, the difference that you're making by bringing knowledge in, in the whole world of spirituality and plant medicine. And I want to talk a lot about that today and, and what you offer and what you're about, how it all started. Um, so let's do the thing. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk about it all. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we talked a little bit about how plant medicine is the catalyst to spirituality and let's dive into that. Okay. What that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that plants can act as a really big catalyst to people who are going through their spiritual awakening just because it really, or they really help you go inward and tune inward rather than focusing on external things, which are so easy. It's so easy to jump out of your body and, you know, attach to your emotions and start, you know, believing that you are your emotions and your thoughts and that believing that, you know, you're going crazy because you're going through the spiritual awakening and everything is shifting and changing in your life. And, you know, spiritual awakenings can look really chaotic and plant medicine can really just be that catalyst to kind of get you from point A to point B in a more, um, peaceful and understanding way. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's so fascinating. You say that because I, you know, I've shared that I've been on this uh, plant medicine journey the past few months. And it was what initially started, it was my heart being broken. And I had two choices. I could sit in the pain or I could start shifting and plant medicine just started calling to me. I'm like, I gotta, I'm going to do this. And I had a friend reach out and she's like, let's come to this hop ceremony and let's try cambo. And so that really opened my eyes to a lot, um, to a lot. Right. And, and I, and I do believe that was the catalyst to my spiritual awakening. And so it's been a beautiful journey. Holy shit. So I can totally vouch for that because it's, I've personally been experiencing that the past few months Yeah, and it's so cool. And it's, and it's also interesting too, because I don't know if you've experienced this, but then I'll also have people that I know either family members or friends that are like, what the fuck is she doing? You know? Absolutely. And then there's a part of me that's like, oh, wait, like, wait a minute. This, should I not be, well, it, it, it fucks with your mind a little bit, you know, because you're no longer playing small. You're no longer at that frequency. But then somebody says it that you love and you care about. And you're like, oh, wow, there's judgments here, but that's their projections. It's not about me. It's about them. Absolutely. Did you ever experience that? Yeah, totally. And I still do. You know, it's like Einstein says you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that you solve the problem with. And so plants really, they take that veil off and they help you see a new sort of consciousness so that you can start to solve your problems in a different way. And, you know, people who haven't experienced the plants, they don't understand that because they haven't experienced that themselves. And so, you know, they're still running on the narrative of fear of scarcity. And, you know, it's been deeply ingrained in pretty much everyone who's an adult now that these plants are very bad for you, that, you know, they are 
only for people who are crazier. They, you know, they only hurt you or they only harm you or they only, you know, teach you lies about, you know, how life is, but it's the complete opposite. But when someone, you know, with so much power, such as, you know, the presidents or people who have made these illegal tell us that they're, you know, harming us, then it's really easy to understand how, where these people are coming from and why they might think that, you know, we're crazy or that we just, you know, have done too many drugs and fried our brains. That's what someone in my family has told me that, you know, I'm just doing too many drugs and I don't understand. And Oh my God. It's so, yes, I, I do experience this and I experience, you know, it's, they are very polarizing thing for a reason. And, you know, I do believe that, um, you know, when plants come to people, it is a message from the earth, from the universe that you are here to elevate consciousness, that you're here to be Mm -hmm. a healer, that you're here to help all of these people who, who so much need our help. And, you know, there's no coincidence that, the psychedelic movement or renaissance is happening at the same time as all this COVID stuff is happening. You know, the world is pretty much being turned upside down and that's pretty much what psychedelics do to your perspective is they turn it upside down and, you know, it's all happening in divine timing and it's all, you know, beautiful. Oh yeah. In my opinion. It totally is. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, it's, it is interesting with COVID, right? And, and I was listening to a podcast um, a few months ago and he was sharing, it was Mark Groves and he was like, you know, it's interesting how COVID happened because it, it amplified, it was the catalyst to people waking up. Like, do I like my job? Do I like this relationship? Like it versus it staying in it for five, 10 years. It's like, whoosh, you got it. Like it, again, it was the catalyst to really waking up or people can just have chosen to stay where they're at. But it has amplified things a lot. And it's really fascinating because I think people also are like, like with plant medicine, it's more common now. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's totally, you know, becoming mainstream. And I believe that through microdosing, mm-hmm. it's something that I really help people through a lot is going to be a way that it becomes really mainstream and that people really start to change their mind. Yeah. And let's just add, you used to be a nurse. I did. Yep. I was classically trained as a nurse and I went to nurse practitioner school and, you know, I did all of that. And as I was in school, this is, as I was in nurse practitioner school, this is when I really realized that, um, you know, I was sitting in pharmacology class and just seeing how, you know, my job is now going to be to prescribe these people, these medications, and then this medication is going to have this side effect. And so I'll prescribe them this medication to help with that side effect. And then we'll just have these people on all these different medications. And, um, you know, there's no real healing happening. While at the same time, I'm over here on my own journey, working with plants and doing my own sort of spiritual healing and seeing so much healing in myself, but not seeing the same sort of healing happening with my patients. And so, you know, I kind of, at that point, I realized that, I'm not aligned with this system anymore. And so, and the way that I know how to help people and my truth is not through prescribing medications. It's not through handing out pills as a mental health nurse practitioner. It's through these plants. It's through helping people discover, you know, their own authentic truth and the authenticity that their soul is. And because, you know, essentially what I believe that these medicines, a lot of them can do is really, 
stifle your soul and really stifle your creativity. And what the plants do is the opposite. They, they connect us to our nervous system instead of disconnecting us. Mm -hmm. And then we can actually see the truth of who we are and live life according to us instead of according to somebody else. Yeah, that is beautiful. And well, cause I was raised in a family that medication, that's what you do. You know, I was medicated up until I was 18. Yeah, me just, too. You were too? Yeah. Okay. When did you get off of like medications? Like, did you, yeah, when was that for you? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I had ADD or so they say, you know, so I was on Adderall for my whole life since, wow. you know, I was 12 and, um, you know, and then as I got older, I, I went through therapy for my, I basically been in therapy since I was 15, you know, and just going through therapy. I never went on antidepressants until after I had my child. And when I had my child, I went through really deep postpartum depression. And when he was just a little tiny infant and, um, you know, at that time I, I was, you know, 21 and, you know, I didn't know basically anything. And so I started, I went on some SSRIs and at the time those really did work for me when I took them, you know, cause I was so depressed. I, I didn't want to be a mom. I hated life. And then I took this pill and it, you know, it worked for me at the time. It made me, I called it my happy pill. It's like this, now I enjoy being a mom. And so, you know, it's not to say that these medicines never work for anybody. It's, but because they did work for me at that time. And so, you know, and then I took it for a while and maybe like nine months or so, and then I went off of it. And then, you know, things started again and life started shifting again. And I went back on the antidepressant and it, I had a million side effects, all the side effects you can think from it. And it just wasn't working. And so then I would hop to the next one and then I would hop to the next one. And it was like, my life just seemed like it was being controlled by these medicines. And this was probably about six years ago. And so then I, I started doing yoga and yoga really started to, what it really did was it showed me new friends and new people in my life. And, you know, and it showed me just new perspectives and, you know, I was still in these medicines though. And so then eventually I met some, I met one of my mentors through yoga and he is a psychedelic doctor and he just really started showing me all about these medicines and all about how they help heal. And so I started working with these medicines and, um, just really through that, I got off my SSRI medications and I just saw how different my life became through these plants and how much healing that I had suppressed down from, you know, being on these medications, you know, and then going to nursing school, being a single mom. And just, I had to step into that masculine role of life and just go, 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 and never heal. Mm -hmm. And it was the plants that really showed me, oh, wow, you have so much healing to do. And, you know, everything that you think about life and everything that you're living right now is an illusion. It's an illusion based off of, you know, control. Mm -hmm. And so what the plants really showed me was to surrender to that. And so it you know, it's been a beautiful journey, but definitely at the beginning, it started out really rocky as I had to really dive down and heal all of the things that I had suppressed, yeah. which was a lot. Wow. What do you feel like some of the things that you got to like really dive into and work through when you started, you know, you know, using the plant medicine? Yeah. Um, 
the things that I really dove into were just healing from past abusive relationships, from past um, limiting beliefs about myself. I grew up in a, I grew up in Utah and in a town that was very um, has a predominant culture of Mormon and I was never Mormon. And so for a lot of my life, I believed I was this outcast or I believed that there was something inherently wrong with me because I was so different than everybody else just based off of this religion. And, you know, growing up, I had no idea that it was the religion. I just thought it was me. And so plants really showed me that they showed me that, you know, I thought that the way that I looked at life was more of a half glass empty type way. You know, I felt like a victim a lot. I felt like, um, you know, why, why do I have to be a single mom? Why, why do I have to do this? Why is my life this way? And the plants showed me why they showed me that this is all meant for me. This is, you know, all of this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm. And, you know, what they really showed me a lot was that victim consciousness that I lived in and especially ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is my greatest teacher. And it just yeah. showed me, you know, the victim illusion that I can so easily live in and how that's just not the truth and how that doesn't serve me and how living that way is only going to keep me stuck and how the truth is that everything that I'm manifesting and creating is already here for me right now. It just literally showed me that. Yeah. And so, you know, and then it's all about integrating that into your life after because, you know, it's not like you go through this experience and you see all these things and then all of a sudden life is beautiful and amazing. Mm -hmm. That's not the truth at all. Yeah. It's, you know, the power is actually in the integration and how, and what integration means is just how you take what you learned in your ceremony and then how you translate it to normal life when you're not in ceremony. Yeah. But, you know, in the overall scheme of things, life is just one big ceremony. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of people think that too, just with anything, right? Like personal growth, a book you read, plant medicine, right? That you just do it the one time, you read it the one time and everything will change. It's like, no, you have to integrate it into your life every day. It's the after that's important. It's how are you showing up in your relationships? What are you recognizing? Are you conscious and aware of your triggers? What's coming up? Can you, can you like, like we were talking earlier, there was a belief about coming or something we were talking about. You're like, ah, I'm going to just message her and say, let's zoom. But then you pro in your mind, you're like, no, I'm going, I'm meant for this shit, you know? So like stuff like that, being able to identify and that is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, like I said before, we can't solve the, a problem with the same consciousness that we started it the problem with. So we have to lift that veil and, you know, things like breath work, meditation, yoga, all of those will essentially do the same thing, but the fastest, you know, we do live in 2021 where we want things fast. And it's not to say that this is a magic pill or that this is a magic medicine that's going to make everything happen, like we just said, but it is a catalyst to get you to where you want to be in a quicker way. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Holy shit. Because there's things that I feel we suppress just as human beings unconsciously we bury shit under the rug and when you start you know really um uh, experimenting experimenting i don't know if that's what work but you know i like to say working with. working with thank you yes i love that word yes it's much better 
um, working with plant medicine, um, it amplifies it. It like fast because you're sitting here and Aya and all of a sudden shit's coming up and you're like, uh, I can either choose into this right now or I can just resist it. Like it, it's, it blows my mind how quick it brings shit up. Yeah. Especially yeah. through ayahuasca. Cause yeah. she's like the grandmother, like, mm-hmm. and she, she's not easy on you. She gives you exactly what you need, not what you want. And you know, I'll explain what I mean by grandma because grandmother, because we all have a different grandmother, but what I mean by her, by her having the energy of grandmother is like the Pocahontas grandmother, the very wise grandmother who knows all essentially just so much wisdom. And, you know, when you sit with her, she shares all of that with you. And sometimes it's not pleasant to see Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. It's not pleasant to see. And, you know, but when you're in there, you don't have the choice to not look at the elephant. Yeah. You don't have the, the rug to put everything under and pretend that everything's okay. You just, she's like, nope, you don't have that choice now. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go with it. And because if you don't, then you're going to have a really shitty time for yeah. a lot of hours. Yeah. But if you can just go with it and surrender and release and flow, then it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, with, you know, just going off of what you were just sharing, I experienced that and I, where I resisted what she was trying to show me. And there was hours where I was pissed. I was angry. I was pissed. I didn't like what was in front of me. I didn't think it was working. I had a purge. I didn't want to purge. I didn't want people to see me. And eventually I surrendered and purged because you have no other choice. Like you're either going to shit or vomit and all over the place. So you got to like, just go with it because it's going to happen. And that was her only way for me to be like, this is how you're going to surrender. You're either, you know, you have to surrender or else again, you're going to poo everywhere. Like, you know, or, (laughs) or vomit everywhere, whatever. And so it was such a big lesson for me because what I got was I had a lot of anger, my shadow, just smacked me in the face and I was pretending like I didn't, I, pre- I pretended like I had my shit together all the time. Everybody always says that. Mike, you just seem like you always have your shit together. I'm like, well, not really. I don't really like, but she showed me like, you have this anger. It, the energy wants to be moved and out of your body and it's okay. This isn't who you are, but let's acknowledge it. Right. And it was suppressed shit from childhood. It was suppressed stuff from my marriage. And it was built up that just wanted to be like, here you go. And also surrendering and having expectations of what every experience should be like. And if it doesn't look a certain way, I get fucking pissed inside. Mm. Don't show it. People wouldn't know. But she's like, here you go. Smack you in the face. And so it was a beautiful experience to, to show me because, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have recognized that without Aya. And, you know... That is freedom, being able to recognize all the, the, the ego, the shadow aspect of ourself and bringing it to the light and recognizing that you have to see the darkness before you see the light. Absolutely, you do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, essentially we are, what we all want is to be whole. And when we're only looking at the light, then, you know, there, there's a universal law of polarity, of duality. We, there is always light and always dark in every single human and every single 
day and every single season and every single cycle, there is light and dark. And so if we can only look at the light, then we can never be whole and we won't ever feel whole until we look at the dark. And, you know, if you think of your shadow, like I was just on a walk the other day and, you know, there was the sun was hidden by clouds. And so I didn't have a shadow, but as soon, and you know, I couldn't see it. What is it? Mm. Who, who is the shadow, you know, but as soon as the sun came out, there she was, I see it and mm -hmm. she can no longer hide anymore. So it's like, as soon as we put the light onto our shadow, she can't exist anymore because, you know, there's still the shadow there, but you see it all. Yeah. And so she can't live in the dark anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah. Holy shit. I love the way you just put that. Oh my God. It is so true though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is so true. And you know, all those, the shadow is, you know, it's essentially only the shadow because of our perspective on it, you know, and usually it's what, and our, usually our perspective is coming from what somebody else has told us about that part of ourselves. And, you know, the shadow doesn't always have to be a negative thing. The shadow can be a really amazing thing too. Like, you know, that, you know, you're just this beautiful goddess and you can't see that in yourself. So it becomes your shadow and you're, you know, you're stuck in that I'm unworthy or I'm not this goddess or I'm, you know, I'm not beautiful. And then, so, you know, the light side can get stuck in the shadow as well. And so as soon as we just shine light and, you know, one thing I like to say is, um, for anyone going through shadow work or maybe not, you know, not, not quite understanding who their shadow is or how to work with their shadow. Um, one thing I like to say is, you know, the shadow is essentially the shadow, the shadow is visible in other people. Yeah. Your shadow is visible in other people. It's that thing that you see that's so annoying. That's so bothersome. That's yeah. like that you're jealous of that you get envy of that's the shadow. Mm -hmm. And if you can have that feeling towards somebody else, or if you're recognizing that, then know that that is also a part of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's your shadow. <clears throat> it, yeah, it's, oh my God, it is so true. Cause I, I think that so often people, even I used to do this too, like we'll look at somebody and they'd irritate me. I'm like, this is my little people. And now I'm like, oh, they're just a mirror for me. Absolutely. Like, you know, and, and I'm a mirror for people, right? You're a mirror for like how we are really being fully self-expressed and sharing all the things we're sharing. It's going to trigger the fuck out of people. But what happens is, okay, let's look at that. Right. Anytime I get trapped, I'm like, okay, I got to look at this here. What's going on? What's happening? So it's, it's a really powerful tool to recognize what the shadows are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cause then they don't have control over you mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. And you can see, oh, you know, and then it's a way to say, you know, when you're like, oh, that person's really pissing me off. It's a way to say, okay, when in my life do I behave this way? Yeah. And then shift that because, you know, everything is energy. So if you can shift that, then you'll no longer see that right. part in other people because you've just shown light on yourself. Uh -huh. Oh, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. So it's a great way to find inner peace. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. So... Kenzie, I want to ask you about like the science behind plant medicine, because I think people um, don't realize that, that there's a lot of science to back it up. Right? Totally. So much. And, and I want to maybe just talk a little bit about that because so people can hear that, okay, this isn't just some, this is legit. 
It is. It's legit. You know, psychedelics and plant medicines are legit and they're also very, very safe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we're speaking Western medicine, Western medicine has been studying psychedelics and especially LSD or acid, um, psilocybin. They've been studying those for a hundred years. They've been studying them or almost a hundred years, but especially back in the forties, fifties, and sixties, they were really studying um, plants and their benefits for healing. This was before SSRIs came out. This is before we really had any mental health um, treatments. And, you know, they were really studying these plants, especially like at Harvard. And um, I don't know, do you know Ram Dass? Do you know who Ram Dass I is? I do, yes. So he used to be called Richard Alpert. He was a professor at Harvard with Timothy Leary. And they're two of the main psychonauts who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Harvard professors. They studied these a lot at Harvard. And um, they would do you know, mostly on grad students, but they would just study it for depression, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. And, um, they were doing really great. They, the studies were, um, the results were amazing. People were healing, but I think things got a little bit, um, you know, I think the Ram Dass and Timothy Leary, I mean, they got a little bit excited about all of it and things started really kind of, um, you know, it was, in the sixties around the time when, you know, people were hippies, everyone was going yeah. out and, you know, doing their acid and, you know, going to festivals and doing what they did. And, you know, I think that, um, and people started changing their mind and questioning things. And at this time, president Nixon was the president and he, and, you know, this is all my opinion and my belief, but he, he didn't like that. We had wars going on. And, um, so, you know, he, did the war on drugs and, you know, there was no marijuana, there was no plants, there was no anything. Everything was illegal. Everything was changed to a schedule one drug, which means that there's no medical benefit to it Mm -hmm. and that it's harmful to you and do not do this. It was scheduled higher than meth, scheduled higher than heroin. All of these plants were. And so then Ram Dass and Timothy Leary both got fired from Harvard and um, Timothy Leary was running for governor and they planted like a little tiny bit of marijuana in his car and um, pulled him over and arrested him and sent him to prison for 30 years for this tiny little bit of marijuana. But Timothy Leary, he's if on human design, he's well, Ram Dass and Timothy Leary are both generator types and, but they both have very different um, charts. Timothy Leary's is almost all the way, defined, meaning all of his energy centers are colored in, which means that he's just very much his own person and he's here to experience life for himself. So he, he's very different than Ram Dass. Um, and he became like this con artist. He snuck out of prison and went to other countries. And he was, there's this movie called my psychedelic love story. It came out, I think at the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021. So good. Everyone should watch it. Oh, I want to watch it. It's so good. My psychedelic love story. And it's about one of his girlfriends, um, one of Timothy Leary's girlfriends when he was, um, you know, being a, the word I can think of is being a con artist, but escaping prison and running around Europe and avoiding the U S government because of his marijuana and plants. And Ram Dass, at the same time, he decided that he was going to go on his spiritual journey. And so he was going to go over to, so he goes over to India and meets his guru and he's going to take his, he, Ram Dass, Richard Alpert at the time, he loves LSD. Both of them loved LSD. And so he takes his LSD to his guru in India. He's like, I got to show you this. I got to, this is going to change your whole life. This is the most magical thing ever. And so his guru was like, 
all right. And so he takes the um, LSD and he just sits there and he says, nothing is changing. Nothing is happening. And Ram Das is like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And his guru said, this is just what my life is all the time. And so then Ram Das was like, what? And he said, you know, basically he sits there and meditates for his whole entire life. And that is what it is like to be on LSD. If you can, you know, so if you think about the Buddha, if you think about Jesus, you know, these people who were these spiritual leaders who just sat there with themselves for a long time and went inward. It's the same experience, but you know, we don't, in this modern day world, we don't totally have the luxury of sitting on a hill for 40 years. (laughs) You know, so we, we work with these plants to help us get there. And, um, so that's kind of the background of it. And now, so then everything was really banned for, you know, 40 or 50 years until, you know, in the last 10 or 15 years, they really started diving into the psychedelic research again. And so now there's lots of research into, especially psilocybin MDMA for PTSD. There's actually no approved, um, medication or treatment for PTSD and um, MDMA is they're doing clinical FDA clinical trials and um, should be approved next year. I would guess um, COVID has kind of set things back a little bit, but by the end of 2022, I would guess that MDMA will be FDA approved treatment for um, PTSD mm-hmm. and psilocybin is also they're doing tons of research into like end of life care for people who have cancer mm-hmm. um, they're doing lots of research into depression anxiety um, healing and I would guess around the same time that um, psilocybin will also be appro- FDA approved treatment for some of these mental health disorders wow yeah that's amazing yeah it's really come a long way in the last like less than 100 years yeah Oh my God, how perfect is this with, and we were even talking earlier with COVID, right? And how all of a sudden this is becoming, you know, plant medicine is becoming more of a norm thing, right? Yeah. More people are diving into it. Yeah, yeah, more mainstream. Yeah. People are wanting something more. I really think that we're just shifting into a new frequency as a collective. Absolutely. You know? We have to. We We do. Because it I means isn't sustainable. No, what's <laughs> happening right now is not working, and so it's so cool to see everyone. Like I, the more and more, like my my eyes are just so open right now. I think after you experience Aya and different pot medicines, you see differently. You see the world differently. You feel differently. You embody, you know, who you really are, and so you start like all the. There's just a lot of more people that are that are in this and. It's beautiful because it just adds more and more to the collective and we're really shifting things. Absolutely. And to speak on the safety of these medicines, they've done research on rats. We're not rats, but you know, that's how they do all of our research. And um, they've literally just injected rats with ayahuasca for all day long, all night long, and no rat has ever died. And the same with psilocybin. They've given rats psilocybin forever and nobody's ever died. That's the safety of these plants because it's like, you know, you're not going to, you can go and eat, you know, the mushroom that you buy at the store and you're not going to die from it, you know, and it's, it's a mushroom. There's definitely mushrooms out there that are not edible and we should not eat, but psilocybin types are not that way. And, um, you know, and then 
but there are other medications that are FDA approved, such as acetaminophen, Tylenol, which accounts for more ER visits and accidental overdoses than pretty much any other medication out there. And it's one that you can buy over the counter. Yeah. Blows my mind. Me too. I'm like, you're, you're, then I think about like all the people that are like, you're crazy for trying all these plant medicines, but then they want it. They're okay doing all that. And I'm like, I'm not judging you. That's your thing. But this kind of sounds funny. Let's really look at this here. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I always think, so in one of my ayahuasca ceremonies, the shaman started singing the song Crazy by Gnarls Barkley, which oh. <laughs> is so random. And I don't know any other shaman who would do this, but it was so beautiful. And you know, that song just says, you know, you think I'm crazy? Well, I think you're crazy too. And, you know, it's kind of how I see it. It's like, you know, it's just different perspectives and none of us are actually crazy. It's just our own view of the world. And we it's just such a judgment to say the other person's crazy because of how they believe or how they live. And it's just like, you know, it's like that shadow thing again, turn it on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, let's talk about like with ayahuasca, what does it exactly do? Like, how can we explain to them what it does to the brain? How, how that all works? Yeah. So ayahuasca is, um, it comes from a vine in the Amazon and the ayahuasca itself is not, it doesn't have any um, psychedelic properties. Um, it's mis mixed. Most brews, every brew, brew from every shaman is going, going to be different, but most of them will include similar ingredients. And um, there's a chacruna leaf, which is just another leaf from another plant in the Amazon. Um, the chacruna leaf has DMT in it, which DMT is a molecule that, um, we produce naturally in our brain in the pineal gland and, um, it, it's released a lot during death. Um, and the half-life half life of it is very short. That's why, um, cause we are constantly releasing it throughout the day, but the reason we don't feel it, the reason we're not tripping on DMT all the time is because the half-life is really short. It's just a couple minutes. And so the body just metabolizes it really quickly. What the ayahuasca does, the vine does is it has this MAOI in it that, makes it so the chacruna leaves, um, the DMT doesn't break down in our body so fast. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's really going on in your mind is the DMT. And that's what all the visions are. That's what the um, everything that you can kind of see in your mind is coming from the DMT and the chacruna leaves. Now, we don't need the DMT and the chacruna leaves to actually do the healing. The healing actually comes from the vine, the ayahuasca plant, which that works in your body. Mm -hmm. And But it's a very you know, it's a very Western type thing where we love screens. We love to see things. We love to have these visions. And so, you know, they add the DMT into the ayahuasca, but it's not essentially needed for the healing. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. And, and again, I've done it before and I've researched a little bit, but hearing that on your end, that really makes sense. Yeah. You know, totally. And, oh. you know, so I personally, I love the DMT part too. You know, we all do. We all are addicted to screens and we want the vision and we want to see how it is. We don't want to feel how it is. And, you know, the ayahuasca, it's really going to do a lot of healing in your body. And, you know, you know, for yourself, that purge and that tornado that starts oh in that my spiral God. and the kundalini energy, it's uncomfortable. Oh, it is. And so, you know, but so we have the chacruna leave, the DMT, which kind of makes it better. And, but it's, yeah, like I said, it's not needed. 
Yeah. For the healing. Oh my God. Oh, this is so cool. Ah, and you, how many times have you done it? You sat with Aya. I've sat with Aya seven times and I'm going to go back soon. Mm-hmm. I can't I'm so wait. excited for you. Yes. Oh my God. And, and two, like it's important for people to know that there's a lot of prepping that goes into plant medicine. Yeah. A lot of prepping. It's a lot of, you know, there are different foods and a lot of like common foods that will really not mix well with the medicine. And so, you know, it's not to say that you have to do the dieta. I would say you have to, but you can definitely go and eat your fast food and try that and see what happens. But like we said before, this is the grandmother and she knows what you need. And she knows that those processed foods, all those toxins, all the, you know, the soda pop, all the, all the things are not good for you. And she's going to show you that. And it's not going to be comfortable. And so, and she also wants respect, you know, so it, there is for me, you know, it's like a two week dieta where it's just like straight, you know, like vegetables and fruit and, you know, things that don't have tyramine in it and things that, um, you know, are just going to be very basic, like no salt, no spicy things. And these are essentially, I think, you know, a lot of them. Ancient Eastern cultures have been using these plants for thousands and thousands of years. And so, you know, they have their traditions and they have their ways. And so, you know, I think that essentially these, the dieta and, you know, it doesn't only include food. It includes anything that you put into your body, including anything that goes through your eyes, anything that goes through your ears, anything that goes through your nose, anything, you know, sex, your body has this energetic aura around it. And that includes your whole body. It's like, imagine yourself in a balloon. That is your energetic aura. And anything that you penetrate your aura with is going to affect your energy. Mm -hmm. And so when we go into these plants, we really want to go in with the highest vibration that we can, because everything is energy and you're going to get back what you are. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. It's true. And I, cause yeah, even before it was, I was already eating pretty clean, you know, but I was like, I would rather, I want to follow it. I want to eat clean because I want mama to just work through my body. I don't want it to have to work through all that other shit first to get to, you know, what I want to get to. But then at the same time, it's all perfect. Whatever it's going to do, it's going to do. Absolutely. You know, but that was my thought, you know, going in. And as I'm sharing, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Again, I had an agenda. I didn't realize I had an agenda. Right. Mm-hmm. Or expectations. Yeah. You know, we, we all have that. We all fall into that category because, you know, essentially society is based off of that, off of having an agenda. It's a masculine energy. It's like a schedule and this is how things work. And this is how I'm going to go in there and I'm going to have this intention. And, you know, we're going to, it's all going to work out this way. And I have it planned out and structured and now I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And But what ayahuasca shows us is that, and, you know, this is another thing that I think with the psychedelic renaissance and COVID, that's not a coincidence is it shows you that the feminine is actually what's in charge and the feminine is actually rising. And these plants are, you know, especially ayahuasca, but all of them, all plants have a spirit, but the spirit of ayahuasca is just this grandmother spirit, which is so divinely feminine and it's coming in and it's saying, all these masculine structures that society is built off of no longer work for us. And so we're breaking them all down. We're breaking down those expectations. We're breaking down the agenda and seeing things for how they actually are and just a flow. 
Oh, it's yeah. already it's already created by the stars. Yeah. And so we're coming in saying, you know, oh, I have this agenda and yeah. I'm going to control it all. <laughs> and it's like, actually, right. you are not the entire universe. You're a speck of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you know, you have that light inside of you, but you're not in control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh my heck, I swear we're like so in sync care because the the fact you brought up feminine, I was just thinking like ever since, like I've been, you know, um, working with plant medicine, my feminine, like just that divine feminine, I've really been embodying that. And it's, it was a big shift for me in a way, because being a single mom, you know, you get it. We're just in this masculine. We gotta, we gotta create, we gotta provide, we gotta, we have kids, we gotta run here, there, we gotta, we just got it. That's how we're gonna do it. So we're gonna survive. And it's like that to me, there was so much forcing, right? And being in that space. And now it's just like being in this flow space and this beauty. And, and not only that, what I'm attracting, you know, and how I'm feeling and it's more peaceful than anything. And I've also been more connected to, to, to spirits, you know, and, and my mom, she passed away, um, 11 years ago. And it's interesting because of the religion I was in, I thought if I, if I do A, B, C, D, I'll feel her Go to the temple. I do this and I never felt her until I went through my separation and even more now these past few months, almost daily. That's so beautiful. And my brother was talking the other day. He's like, wow, wouldn't it be so cool if you could just have a conversation with mom? And I looked at him. I go, well, you can. She's waiting for you. You know that, right? And it was a really cool, intimate um, conversation that him and I had. But it's like, that's available for everybody. You know, it's available to, to connect with, you know, loved ones that have passed away or spirit guides. And, and I had this belief too, that I was alone in being a single mom. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not alone. I have, obviously physically, I have amazing people, but sometimes they're all not there, right? You're home alone, but, but the spirits, the spirit guides, they're always here. Always. We're never alone. We're always supported. And you know, it's such a 3d thought to think that we're alone. And it's so easy to get in that because we do live in this 3D world. This is our reality and our existence. But the truth is that there are like so many other dimensions that always exist, but we don't tap into them because we don't, it, we don't, our nervous system isn't trained to do that. It's trained to follow what keeps us safe. It's trained to follow what we know stay in the known. Don't go into the unknown. That's unsafe. We might die if we do that. That's literally what our nervous system thinks. And so we don't go there. And, you know, going back to the feminine, most people don't go there with their emotions at all. The, the emotions, the, we're not trained to, you know, our parents weren't trained to work with their emotions. How could they teach us to work with our emotions? And so, you know, we're having to learn as adults how to, and emotions are a very feminine thing, a very flowing energy that you can't control. You know, you can't control if something makes you angry. You can control your reaction to that. You can control how you respond to that, but you can't control the feeling and the emotion that comes up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, it just taps you into that and knowing that you're safe in yourself and just retraining your nervous system for a new narrative. Yeah. And, 
And how beautiful is that, you know, because we are doing the work and getting in tune with our emotions and feeling them and walking through them, our children are watching. Absolutely. Right? So we're shifting this whole, like, generational uh, trauma or generational is in, like, all the stories and don't feel your emotions and suppress. Like, we're shifting it. We're literally breaking the cycle right now. We are. Yeah. It stops with us. And, you know, like I said, when plants come into your life, it's a gift. It's a message that you are here to heal consciousness Mm -hmm. and elevate it because, like we said, we can't exist in this consciousness anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. And, you know, definitely for our kids, I think it's such a beautiful thing to have a child right now because I get to teach him so much about emotions. And he, in turn, he gets to teach me. He is such he is the greatest teacher. Like the other day I was sitting with him and I I had just gotten angry at him and I was feeling like a bad mom, you know, like mom guilt. And I didn't know what to do. And I was just kind of stuck for a minute. And so I just said, you know, I said to him, he said, what do you want to do mom? And I said, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I said something like, I I feel like that you don't, you wouldn't want to hang out with me right now. I said that to him and he said, well, I know that you feel that way, but I don't think that way. And I love hanging out with you. And so even though you feel that way, it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you are the smartest and sweetest little thing in the whole world. I love that. Yeah. It was so sweet. Yes. That is the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't these kids, these kids really, oh my God. Yeah. They're teaching us a lot. So much. And I'm just like, I have so much gratitude and yeah. Oh man. But I, but the mom guilt, you know, I, I do have moments like that too, where it kicks in and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Now they're going to have all these, this trauma. And then I'm like, okay, I got to clean it up. I'm cleaning it up with them all the time. Yeah. I really got that. I was this way. I apologize. I'm, this is what I'm committed to. Absolutely. So that's such a beautiful thing to be able to apologize to your child because I never got that. And then you internalize everything and think that it's all your fault. But when we can just tell our child, you know, mom got triggered and mom got angry and I'm sorry. And, you know, then they can say, I forgive you. And then you can say, this wasn't, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then they can be like, their own person and not take on your projection and take on your emotion and hide it in their body and then not know what to do with it. And then, you know, hold on to it until they're 30 or 40. And then, you know, <laughs> it's so true. Well, I, cause I'll notice if I don't go clean it up, I'll watch and energetically I can really feel the, the stories yeah, in their minds. And I'm like, Oh shit, you got to hurry and go like handle that. Clean yeah. that shit up fast, you know, and, and then it, sh- it shifts really quickly. Yeah. Kids are so forgiving and, you know, their brains are just sponges and they just take in what we say yeah. in all the ways. And they trust us too. You know, if we say something that's not in our highest self, yeah. then we can go back and we can repair that. And they don't have to be traumatized for their whole life. Like we have been. Right. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. Oh my God. I'm literally like, yeah, it's, it, there, we're really shifting things here and it's beautiful. And when I say we, 
you and I and all the people, you know, in this world that are stepping into this and it's something to really acknowledge yourselves for and ourselves for because there's an impact. Absolutely. You know, and I think sometimes I do things and I don't realize the impact until someone's like, says something like, oh my God, that post really made a difference for me. And I'm sure you get the same thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. So what I am doing is making a difference. And so really acknowledging ourselves for what we're stepping into. It takes a lot of courage. It's not easy. And a lot of bravery. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Literally. I'm like, holy shit. But it's beautiful and transformative and and freeing. Like it's so freeing to be you, Mm -hmm. to be able to just be you without all of the stories and Mm -hmm. all of the patterns and all of the ideas that somebody else has placed on you. Mm -hmm. You can just be authentic and do what you want to do instead of what everybody else wants you to do. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Kenzie. So if if people want to work with you, yes, how do they reach out and connect? The best way to reach me is through my Instagram, which is Hey Kenzie Rose. Mm. And then you can click the link in my bio and there's all the options that are there to work with me. Right now, my favorite offering is my 90-day program, which is called Cosmic Soul Academy. And this is where we do a bunch of um, spiritual work. We do inner child healing. We do shadow work. We do... Um, Basically, it's just spiritual mentoring and it's, you don't have to, but you can mix microdosing in it. And microdosing is just taking a very small amount of um, these psychedelics that we've talked about, like one tenth or one twentieth of them. So it's, you're not going to be feeling um, any of the psychedelic effects such as hallucinating or anything like that. Um, With microdose, you should not be feeling any of that. It's more like a vitamin. It's like your body knows it's there, but there's no other effect other than you just kind of have a really great day. Yeah. And so that the, and you don't have to work with those to work with me, but I, I do believe that that is a way to really catalyze all of the other healing that we do. So that program is really for people who are really looking to work through unhealed traumas or deep, deep shadow work. Mm-hmm. I also offer, um, If anyone's interested in microdosing, I offer just like a one-time consult where we prepare and we make a whole microdosing plan for you, kind of like a nutrition plan, but a microdosing plan. Um, And then I also offer like prep and integration for people who are going into plant ceremonies. So just prepare your set and setting and intention and really understand what you're going into before you go into ceremony. And then I offer integration afterwards, which is sort of like therapy, coaching all mixed in one. Oh my God. All the things you offer are amazing. Thanks. Ah, girl. So, okay. Real fast though. I do actually want to touch on this with the microdosing. Okay. Do you, um, with, um, microdosing. So do you recommend doing it every day? No. Okay. Um, I recommend doing, following a protocol. Okay. There are different protocols. Um, one of the most popular ones is the James Fadiman protocol. He's kind of like the father of microdosing. He's the one who coined the term. He kind of, um, there's no clinical research into microdosing right now, but he's done his own anecdotal research, which anecdotal just means like humans like you and me who, um, they are microdosing. And then he has like a sheet where you fill out all this information, you send it to him and he records it and does his own research. 
And so through that, he's found that it really helps people with anxiety, depression, really helps people tap into flow, helps like people with athletic performance. Like I have athletes who come to me and they um, take their microdosing and it really just up levels their life really in all areas of your life. It just kind of up levels it. Mm-hmm. And um, so his protocol is to take things uh, to take the microdose on day one. And then day two would be like an afterglow day where you're still kind of feeling the effects from the medicine. Um, and then day three would be like an integration day where the medicine's out of your system and you're back to baseline. Um, and that's a really good day for you to just kind of journal what's coming up or what's different than what was happening on the medicine day and then day four would be a microdose day again so um, microdose on day one and day four then there's another protocol which is paul stamets um he created that he's a mycologist he also wrote um the film which is on netflix right now i highly recommend everybody watch it fantastic fungi oh i want to watch that it's so good oh my god yeah so he wrote this this protocol and this one is it's either four or five days on um so and this is one of my favorite protocols. So it's like Monday through Friday, I would microdose. And then you want to take a break on Saturday and Sunday. And the reason that for both of them that you want to take a break is because we don't want to create any um, dependency. Psychedelics are non-addictive. They actually help with addictions. However, I do believe that we can get addicted to anything. We can get addicted to our phones. We're addicted to water. You know, we're addicted to our thoughts. And so it doesn't have to be a substance that we're addicted to. We're addicted to codependency, you know, all the things. And so it's why, why they aren't addictive. We don't want to create the dependency on it. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why we take the break. Also, you, your body will build up tolerance to these medicines. So, you know, if, um, it, it doesn't necessarily work to just take more. Mm-hmm. Your body's just not go. They're not made to do that. They're made to do the opposite. So we just have to take a break. So you follow one of these protocols, one pro- protocol that I made up, and it's one that I use with most of my clients. I call it the wellness protocol. Okay. And this is where we do it every other day. So like on Monday, we microdose. Tuesday, no. Wednesday, yes. Thursday, no. Friday, yes. Yeah. And, um, and so you do that for about eight to 12 weeks. And then you take like a two or three week break. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. That's good to know. Cause all my, I won't microdose every day, but I will, I'll, you know, I do it every now and then. And, um, yeah. Okay. Hmm. See, it's creating more knowledge around it all. Right. Totally. And what do you notice when you take your microdose? Um, for me, I feel like I'm more in my body, mm. more present and grounded. Absolutely. Um, I just see more clearly. My thoughts are more clear. Um, yeah, that's the main thing I've really gotten. And it's beautiful. I love to do it even hiking. Like I'll microdose and go hiking. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. And then I'll do hoppe up at the top, you know, and just meditate. And it's a really beautiful experience. Beautiful. I call, um, I don't know if I coined the term, but... Um, I call microdosing on a hike a hikerdose. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so it's like I always just take a little bit more than a microdose for that, and then it's a hikerdose. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling it that now. Do it, and I'm gonna post about it. And I'll tag you. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So, okay. So, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, hey Kenzie Rose. Okay. Awesome. So everyone, go check her out. Her content is absolutely incredible. So much knowledge, obviously, as you heard today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Micah. I love this. I know. This has been a really fun conversation with you today. Totally. Like one of my tops.
Amazing. Yes, girlfriend. Okay. Thank you so much for joining. Make sure to go follow Kenzie on Instagram. Connect with her on there. If any of this speaks to you, definitely hire her to, you know, for microdosing, to gain more knowledge or for integration. She's a freaking whiz, man. Oh, I'm so excited. And also, please connect with me on Instagram, Micah J. Bruin, and say hi. Thanks so much.